Hello, and welcome to episode 24 of the Something Borrowed podcast. I'm Betsy. And I'm Amanda. And we're your hosts. Today, we're chatting about 2023 wedding trends. Well, hello and welcome to the pod, everybody. As always, a couple of housekeeping things as we get started here. Um, If you haven't yet and you're listening to our podcast, we would love it if you would subscribe wherever you're listening. Um, If you are liking what you're hearing, um, leaving us a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening on helps our show reach more listeners. And as always, we are active on Instagram at Something Borrowed Pod, and we love to connect with you there. So today is our January AB chat here. Um, This is a monthly episode where Amanda and I chat about some relevant and recent wedding news um, or kind of whatever else in the planning world we like to to talk about. So uh, Amanda, what is your pro planning tip for this new year? Yeah, so my pro planning tip is about... um, renting airbnbs hmm. so i just it's always travel related <laughs> so i just came back from a weekend in I, I was actually working at a wedding in the catskills so we rented an airbnb for the weekend and um my tip is to not judge a book by its cover because <laughs> here's the story <laughs> there's always the story <laughs> i needed a place with three bedrooms I wanted like a cute cabin ideally because we were in the Catskills and I found a place that looked so cute in the pictures, three bedrooms, great, like clearly like a home that had been not, you know, renovated to be like a cute, stylish Airbnb. And when we got there, that was 80% true, Um, but it was one of those classic examples where it, it was like a flip, but like everything, like the details weren't really there. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they had renovated it to look like Chip and Joe, mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't quite. It was like fun- Chip and Joe light. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so my bedroom was going to be in the basement. And I when I booked it, I knew it was a basement bedroom, but it looked nice enough. And I was like, that's fine. I'm not like like skittish like I'll sleep in the bed, bat, basement by myself um but like a finished basement I'm imagining because mm-hmm. that's what the pictures look like and when I get down there the wall of my bedroom is the garage door what <laughs> <laughs> the ceilings aren't like drywalled so it's all the pipes and stuff and there's just cobwebs everywhere oh, but they man. had like shiplapped one wall stuck a bed in front of it, did some cute decor and took a picture. And that was the bedroom. And I feel like if I would have dug a little deeper in my pictures, in the pictures and really taken the time and read more of the reviews, I would have at some point uncovered that this was not really like an acceptable third bedroom. So I ended up sleeping on the couch, which was totally fine. And I slept great, but, um, yeah, so just a little tip to like really read into the the reviews and make sure you're getting what you think you're getting Mm -hmm. everything else was great the upstairs was great clearly they wanted to be able to say they had three bedrooms and they probably shouldn't have done that but yeah (laughs) well and like luckily for you it was only a two-night stay so it wasn't like a week vacation or something right but oh (laughs) oh well my pro tip this month is also like based on a mishap um 
So in December, I was working on addressing our Christmas cards and I actually base our Christmas card list, like I've adapted it and updated it, but I, I originally based it off of our wedding guest list and all of my like wedding files. I mean, our entire like order of our ceremony and our vows and we didn't write our own. So I mean, yeah. not heartbreaking or anything, but all of that was in like a Google drive folder, which I cannot locate. Like I know it was shared with multiple people and based on what I've read, it sh should still exist somewhere. I did not delete it, but like my Google drive is only showing me two or three folders worth of things that are more recent. Oh my gosh. Like our Disney planning stuff yeah. is there and all of our podcast stuff is there. I have multiple Google accounts. So I logged into like every account I have can't find it. Finally thought to look at my work email and see if I could find it there in case I had shared it with yeah. my work account so I could use my work like my Chromebook at home one day and luckily I had so it was there yeah but my my pro tip would be if you have important documents like essentially your address book like that's what my Christ Christmas card list basically is just back it up like do yourself a favor and create a like download a copy of it every year just so you have like something ish yeah. up to date um or you know back it up in some way share it with a couple of other people so that you know, if it's like a Google cloud kind of Google drive thing, share it with your husband or your, your sister or your yeah. mom or somebody that somebody else might be able to try yeah. to locate it for you because not the end of the world. Certainly it's just Christmas cards. And most of those people's addresses were also in my phone, but it's kind of annoying to like have a system and then not have it backed up and lose it. So. Yeah. That's stinks. That's and that can tip. apply to all areas. <laughs> and this is like, obviously not your tip, but that reminded me that a good tip is if you're like a first cousin or sibling in a family and you get married, I, you save that wedding yeah. guest list forever because when I got married two years after you, our guest list was your guest list adapted. Yeah. Well, and I think Mark, I, my guest list was your brother-in-law's guest list adapted. <laughs> I think I took Matt and Chelsea's really? list. Yeah. Wow. And then adapted it. <laughs> We've all used the same We've all used list. it. So, yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So, to kick off our AB chat today, we wanted to chat about uh, one of our favorite celeb weddings of the late fall, which was uh, Naomi Biden, who is Joe Biden's, I believe, oldest granddaughter. And we chose this because she got married at the White House. Yeah, and from what I saw, she's only the 19th person to get married at the White House, which is, like, kind of surprising. Yeah, since 1800. Like, if I was, like, the niece of the president or, like, you'd think any relative of the president would be like, dude, can I? <laughs> but only 19 of them. Yeah, yeah. I started following her back in 2020 when she was like on the campaign trail here, here and there with him. And I just think she is like adorable. Um, she's like in her late twenties and she, you know, campaigned for her grandfather and stuff. And I, I just think she is like very elegant. And yeah. so when I saw this, I, I mean, the dress is gorgeous. She has this like high neck lace long sleeve, but it's like a sweetheart like there's like yeah. see, the lace on her like upper chest and shoulders is um, like see-through and then she's kind of got the sweetheart neckline and it's like a ball gown. It just is very, yeah, like she's it, stunning. Yeah. 
it fits her perfectly and it looks so good in the setting. Like it's kind of that like homage to, you know, a Victorian era. Yeah. Um, and just fits the architecture and things like that really well. And fits, fits the season. Yeah. And, yeah. So and is it Ralph Lauren? Um, no, it's an, a Remacra. Oh, wow. Yeah. So if you remember Emily and Margaret, Margaret's wedding was also, or dress was also Remacra. So that's really cool. So anyway, she, it just looked really, really nice. And of course, like wonderful portraits. I mean, all over like the steps and, um, I don't know if it was you or if like AJ and I talked about this, but, um, which would be a funny thing to talk about with him, but he has opinions about things. Um, they got married on the lawn that faces like the Washington monument. And I think he might've said like, he thought like their guests were facing out away from the white house and you should face the white house. Yeah. Like if you're getting married at the white house, why not have the white house be your backdrop? No, I totally agree. Did you say that? No. Okay. Then it was definitely your brother. That's really weird. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) That's a strange choice. Yeah. But I mean, this is obviously just like, it's like, there's not really like a ton of decor to speak about because it's the white house, but it's just, I mean, the photos are stunning. Although that cake is like seven tiers. Yeah. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, you don't need to do a whole lot when you're getting married at the white house to make it look. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Incredible. Well, and her train is like insane. I mean, her veil, sorry, not her train. I, like it has to be 20 something feet yeah. long. <laughs> yeah. And the florals, it's just, yeah. Everything's basically white and like mm-hmm. just clean and crisp, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. what a dream to be able to get married at. Yeah. <laughs> at the White House. Oh. Yeah. It's so stunning. Well, and you said to me before we started recording, like, this is so unattainable. And I mean, I think every celebrity wedding is unattainable, but this probably is another level of that because you truly do yeah. need to have the right connection, obviously. Totally. Totally. <laughs> to, oh, and this to make is, it happen. This um, reception dress is completely different. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, a little bit more like Jackie O, mm-hmm. kind of 60s ish. Yeah, and the gloves, the elbow mm-hmm. link. Yep. Yeah, just really pretty. We'll post some pictures um, so you can follow along on Instagram. But if you haven't looked at the photos, her name's Naomi Biden. Um, Okay, so today we are chatting about some 2023 wedding trends and looking at a couple of different articles. Similarly, um, when we first started, I think it was really our first AB chat, we talked about 2022 wedding trends and we were kind of late to the game since we only started podcasting this summer. Um, But now that the new year is here and it is officially 2023, um, at the time that this airs, we want to chat about some trends that are being predicted for this year. So... We have a Vogue article here, um, as well as one from Pure Wow, um, and we'll post a couple of these in our Instagram stories and kind of get, you know, uh, give you an opportunity to weigh in, listeners. But we just kind of wanted to go through some different trends in fashion and um, receptions and things like that. So, Amanda, talking about wedding fashion trends. Okay, so we're according to Vogue. We're looking at bold blues um, everywhere. Mm-hmm. 
and maybe making its way into bridesmaids looks, paper goods. I think that seems more florals. That seems more realistic for the average person than them, them sort of saying maybe also bridal. Yeah. Um, but definitely for bridesmaids and stuff, which mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I feel like blue is like always like a top yeah. bridal color. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I think that they're kind of saying like, we're going to not only see, like, I think we will continue to see those neutral palettes with the, like, softer pastels and, like, the, like, gray-blue kind of trend, but then that the, like, a bold blue um, yeah. will be yeah kind of coming out as well. Yeah. Like, I feel like if you told me, like, red was going to be a big bridal color, I would be like, well, that's surprising. Right. But blue doesn't quite right. shock me. Right. Yeah. They're also predicting pinks. Um Really? All different shades. Surprise, surprise. Mm. <laughs> but they're, again, talking a lot about really bright pinks, um, like fuchsia, and um, kind of on the heels of the new Barbie movie coming out, <laughs> which is funny to think about that kind of thing influencing bridal trends. But I think people are just... I, this kind of really ties into the 2022 trend that we talked about, about just color in general becoming popular and I think we talked to a couple of our vendors that we've had on the podcast um, and they've said that they have seen people experimenting experimenting more with color yeah. so that I mean yeah. that checks out and but it's carrying over these bright blues and fu- and fuchsia they're saying they're seeing it in, in bridal bridal yeah which like couture bridal is like completely different than right. what like anyone's gonna actually wear like i'm sorry both but i just like don't think that in pennsylvania we're gonna be seeing anyone in a fuchsia bridal gown maybe in like five years mad at it especially (laughs) if it's like a legally blonde theme wedding (laughs) yeah um what i do think we could possibly see here in good old pa maybe in another two or three years probably not in 2023 but um they are saying 70s and 80s silhouettes are kind of coming back um, and that like sixties really reigned in 2022, but we're moving a little bit forward into that seventies and eighties. Now I do think like, it, it, this makes me wonder if as Gen Z kind of comes of age and gets into that, like wedding age, hits their, you know, early, mid, late twenties will like nineties silhouettes yeah. kind of come into yeah to trend, but they're saying seventies and eighties. So I mean, to me, though, the weird thing about this is they're diametrically opposed. Yes. 70s, you're talking, like, bohemian, Boho. mm-hmm. like, hippie, and I love that. Mm-hmm. But 80s, you're talking about the sleeves, the... Full skirts and the, the tulle. Yeah. Like, and that I don't need to see. Yeah. <laughs> well, we saw... We pulled another article that we were looking at to prep for this episode, and... The 80s was a trend on there. And there were two different pictures. I think I, I'll have to like look for them and see if I can pull them. But we both looked at them and we were like, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it was these like big boxy sleeves and I don't yeah. remember. But and like um no offense to our recent late 80s, early 90s <laughs> brides that we just talked with. <laughs> but no. Yeah. Yep. We don't need to come back. Ugh. Um, okay, so on to some other 
trends here. Flowers. Okay, so Tiffany Trump wedding discussion. <laughs> um, the only thing Amanda sent me a picture of from her wedding when um, the weekend she got married, and I was like, or the only like response I had was, "Why is her bouquet tiny? Like she had this little tiny, tiny, tiny bouquet." All of her bridesmaids did. And it looked, it made her her hands look tiny. And she had like this big like ball gown with a tiny little bouquet. But apparently petite bouquets are coming in for 2023. Yeah. And I, I've seen this a little at some recent weddings. And um, the Tiffany Trump of it all is like extremely tiny. Like crazy looking. Yeah. Should we do a should we do a Naomi versus Tiffany? Oh my poll? goodness. It would just be sad. I, well, and I feel like it just I like I truly actually think her dress looks, is pretty. It looks crazy. I bouquet. just think her bouquet is ridiculous looking. Like she's got this huge, like it looks full like she skirt. Took it from her like bridal Barbie. Yeah. And she's holding yes. the Barbie. Yes. <laughs> yes. Little yes. toy. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. And and it just isn't like I don't know. I am still very much a fan of the like, like wild and large and like just lots of different elements. Yeah. And when we're talking petite bouquets, we're not saying like take one of those beautiful like styled bouquets and just shrink it down. It's like here's a little group of baby's breath, or like here are six roses arranged in a dome. In a tiny dome. <laughs> and that, it's, it's like old school, like those tight little bouquets, but then yeah. also shrunk. Shrunken. Which I also, I have to say, I think that a few years ago, like bouquets got too big and it was like a little crazy. Well, and it gets too, heavy to carry. Because yeah. you're like, you can't even see the bride's dress. <laughs> sure, sure. But this is like next level the other direction. Yeah. Like let's just land at like a normal sized <laughs> bouquet. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I don't... Uh, it, they're calling them dainty, barely there bouquets. I could talk about this for a long time. I don't want a barely there bouquet. I want to see the bouquet. I'd want to see the bride and the bouquet. Maybe it's just like Let's a make cost that happen. saving. Well, I don't think Tiffany Trump had to save any costs. So. Well, she might want to start squirreling away from funds. <laughs> okay, well, before we get too far off the rails, the other floral trend that they are predicting for 23 is large floral arrangements so grand arrangements so we're going tiny with the bouquet large <laughs> with arrangements so like grand ceremony florals and sweeping floor arrangements so i guess people are just putting all of their money into installations and table arrangements and things like that and not worrying about the thing they're carrying and being photographed with the entire yeah. day um which i like i mean we talk all the time about your work with Courtney and like the installations and things like that she does. And I think we're both on the yeah. same page where we massive love those things. installs. And I also do think like the idea of grand ceremony florals, a part of me wants to say like, if you're looking at your budget and it's like, Oh, like, and, and this is kind of hypocritical in a way. Cause I didn't, I didn't really do much in my ceremony space. Although mm -hmm. I couldn't really do much in that particular right. space. I'm like, put, put, yeah, definitely put your money into amazing florals at the ceremony because okay. like, that's kind of like the picturesque moment. Yeah. And so many people are, are putting these big installations in reception, which I think is great. Yeah. But I think do something grand with the ceremony, even above reception. It's so funny that you say that. Cause I feel like I would have said the opposite mm -hmm. in that, like your guests are going to spend the most time at the reception. Mm -hmm. 
But I think if you can obviously take those ceremony florals and move them to your reception, like that's the best move for using your money wisely. Yeah. So then in terms of food, um, immersive dining experiences, how do you feel about this? Um, don't talk to me. Like, don't, I don't, is this hibachi? Like, I don't understand what this is. Well, they're talking about like meals made in front of guests. Yes. I'm saying I don't want the chef to like talk to me. Well, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's a trend. Um, I mean, I think that this works, but only in like small settings. Yeah. Like I can't picture having this kind of thing. They're rolling out the guac. Though, however, (laughs) let's just say. I'm thinking about restaurants that are not hibachi where the food is being made in front of me. And I know you will not agree because it's not your fave, but Ohana is one. Mm. And I would be fine with that meal for my reception if that is an immersive dining experience. So. Sure. Yeah, this one is one that I don't fully understand. Let's see what happens. I think it's kind of trying to marry that like entertainment piece into yeah. Yeah. the dining experience. So that is one small guest list. This carries over from last year we're both small and large guestless right on the drive um but yeah i mean again i think if you're trying to do some more of those like unique like a destination Mm -hmm. or a unique venue or that like experiential dining kind of thing you almost have to go with a small smaller guest list um and this other one is called considered menus which i think they're really just trying to say like really be intentional with what you're putting on the menu and think about quality versus quantity. So instead of having like this huge charcuterie table where half of it won't get eaten, you're like really choosing a couple of very like special things for your guests to enjoy. Yeah. I think this is really, honestly, it makes a lot of sense. Like everyone likes the look of like a grazing table, like a whole table of Mm -hmm. cheeses and nuts and, and meats and, it looks impressive, but is it worth the waste? Yeah. And that's not stuff that you can put back uh, away. Yeah. So. Right. I think this makes a lot of sense. Saves you money and, and it's just wait, not as wasteful. Yeah. Agreed. Um, okay. And then they're talking about location trends being tropical. Which yeah. I mean, oh, Great. obviously, please. <laughs> of course. It's January, so yeah. Put definitely. me somewhere. Put me somewhere tropical, please. Yeah. Okay, so that is what Vogue is saying. Pure Wow has a couple of other things, some crossover, but some things that are not on the list. So again, their first one is Petit Bouquets. Y'all know how I feel about that now. Um, the second one, though, I think we both love a private last dance. Yeah, this is so cute. I saw this for the first time at my husband's cousin's wedding mm-hmm. in this. Uh, the fall of 2021. Yep. And no, you know what? It's nice and it's not nice. Okay. Because here's the thing. The momentum gets totally killed. I feel but like. does it, that matter? Cause you don't have to pick it up again. Um, it's over. I think it depends. Like okay. I feel like, um, it might be something to just like, just it just needs to be planned out to where everyone's not like hype on the dance floor and you want them to like be cheering you out 10 minutes later but mm-hmm. you want to take 3 minutes to like dance alone like yeah i don't know well and this is so th- this article is actually saying not only are you kicking everybody off the dance floor you're kicking everybody out of the room 
and having it like totally solo, which is not what yeah Zach's cousin did. Like they had, and I've seen a couple like as a photographer, I've seen a couple of couples do this now. Yeah, where they just ask everybody to like leave the dance floor and they have the last. Yeah. It's like their first dance, but it's the last dance, and it's just the two of them. And I think like I'm fine with that because again, it's one song, so like sure, it's like okay a mood killer to kick everybody yeah. off the dance floor, but you're going to kill the mood in a second anyway, or in three minutes anyway, when the last song's over. So what does it really matter? But the idea of like kicking everybody out of the room feels a little bit weirder. To I me. feel like here's my thing about it. I'm very driven by like the story arc. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it should build for the exit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so drop, I really like the idea of this, but then in practice, like I don't, I don't know how you can do it in a way that doesn't end the day on a low note. Well, I guess what you could do is if you're doing like a sparkler exit or something like that, send everyone out to get in line for that. Do your private last dance with everybody out of the room. So you've given everybody something to do. Yeah. Because getting everybody arranged for that takes a few minutes anyway. So... Yeah, I don't know. So I'm kind of back and forth on that one. Okay, so love drunk photos. The age of the blurry wedding photo. Yeah, I love this. Yeah. I do. I mean, I I don't, but that's fine. (laughs) I guess it's fine. Like, it's, I don't know. It's different. I like shots that are in motion like that, but it can definitely be overkill. Yeah. I just saw, I'm in a couple of different photographer groups, but it, th- there's one that's like for photo uh, photographers in like Philly and South Jersey area. And I'm in that. And somebody just commented or posted in that and said like, okay, what's the deal with this trend? And like, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think from like the technical perspective, it's like, uh, like we try so hard to make sure our shots are in focus and focusing mm-hmm. on the right things. And this is like completely opposite of that. But stylistically, I mean, they're fun shots. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, low key hair. Yeah. To me, this is like another one that's kind of not, nothing really new. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's saying like no crunchy hair gel. Like when have people, when was the last time people did that? Well, and I think it's also saying like, moving away from like the updo that you wouldn't wear every day and and doing something like the beachy waves or a high pony or like a blowout that you kind of is more in line with how you wear your hair daily so instead of doing something like fancy or different just being like this is me and this is what my hair looks like so i'm okay with that i mean yeah i feel like that's how i did my hair for my wedding yeah um non-traditional guest books yeah, this is great. I mean, I, I feel like people have been doing non-traditional guest books in general for a very long time. Yeah. Tons of different ideas out there. But specifically, I have been seeing this thing where you can rent some, like, cute old, like, rotary phone mm-hmm. and do, like, have your guests record, like, a voice message for you. That's mm-hmm. been, like, everywhere lately. And I do think that is, like, very cute. Although, when I think about walking up to it, I don't know what, like... I would say. Yeah. You're probably going to end up with a bunch of... It, it does probably come back to the conversation about the... Um, what were we talking with someone about? Oh, the like video guest book. Yes. Is that what you're, where yeah. everyone just basically says like, congratulations, I'm so yeah. happy for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the, the idea of having everyone's voice... Yeah. Yeah, I think I love that. Especially like, you know, as family members are no longer with yeah. you, like to have that is really special. 
I think too, like some of the other ideas they have on here, like, um, greetings written on the back of a Polaroid photo, which is essentially what we did for our guest book. And I love that. Just make sure your Polaroids or your Instax cameras are set to the right settings because I have a lot of photos where I think they were set to like cloudy day and it was very sunny. And so they're completely blown out and just basically a white photo. I can't see who is even in them. But, um, and then well, well wishes signed on wooden Django pieces, which is cute too. Like having something yeah. where, yeah, like it's, yeah. You know, and we just talked to Brittany. Brittany. Who did the, mm-hmm. the up, up yeah. like picture that she can hang in her yep, hat. Agreed. So those are cute. I, one of my friends, um, she and her husband had like a bench made and he is like Norwegian or something. And I think it, it I don't know if it's like a Norwegian tradition or if it, but it, it says something in like, a different language on it and their last name but they had everybody sign the bench so and that's like in their house yeah and I think things like that are just really yeah. sweet that you know aren't cheesy but you can display right. somehow and it's a memory totally so. um colorful dresses we kind of already chatted about that though I will say that the um example that they have here is our fave and our beloved Sophia mm-hmm. Bush Sophia. and her gorgeous floral honeybee dress that we gushed over um live house plant decor this is interesting i yeah i mean for like the couple on a budget if you have house plants already yeah i mean it just it just depends on the venue yeah i think that's really the only thing this could be really great and really cool and it could also be totally weird and out of place yeah so it just depends like this article says um Potted plant decor from English ivy climbing up your ceremonial canopy, which I feel like is probably a very difficult thing to make happen. I guess you could like tie it up to Monstera hanging out by the dance floor. Like that's where it gets weird for me. Like we're currently recording this in my husband's office and he has a Monstera in the corner. And I just picture that sitting like next to the dance floor and think like, well, that would look odd. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. The venue matters, but yeah. Um, couples who get ready together. How do you feel about getting ready together as a couple? Well, like I said, I, I care a lot about the story arc. Yeah. So I feel like the moment of you haven't seen each other and then seeing each other is like matters a better kind of climax, but it's also, it's whatever you want to do with that type of thing. Well, and we just had an episode with Hillary who talked about like staying with her husband the night before their wedding because she hadn't seen him right. in so long. So like for them, it yeah, makes sense. Like makes they didn't sense. get ready together, but they were to- they woke up together that morning yeah. and stuff. So yeah, I mean, I don't have strong feelings either way about it. I think if your whole bridal party is like all friends, like it could be really fun to have everybody together yeah. for that getting ready time. If everybody like yeah. meshes well. Um, and then embroidered fashion. Should we talk about Maddie Pruitt? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so for those of you who've been listening for a little while, you know that another one of the things that we happen to know an embarrassing amount about is the Bachelor franchise. <laughs> and one of ba- the Bachelor alums, Maddie Pruitt, recently got married mm-hmm. and she had a veil a la Haley Bieber mm-hmm. which Haley Bieber is at the end of it said till death do us part I think mm-hmm. which yeah. I, I think is cool like if you're gonna do it that's kind of cool Maddie Pruitt's had worth the wait which I felt like was a little corny yeah either yeah. honestly either way even Haley Bieber's I'm like yeah but like 
Yeah. No. Well, I think too, like the whole, the aspect of Maddie Pruitt's that's awkward is that <laughs> she was very vocal on her time on The Bachelor and like post about like saving intimacy for marriage. And so like worth yeah. the wait is like clearly. It's like cool, bro. Right. Like have fun tonight, I guess. I don't know. Like yeah, it's we weird. don't need to call no that and totally fine. Like I, I'm not judging that decision at all. However, I just don't feel like we need to like no. put it on our veil so that it's the last thing people see as we walk past no. them down the aisle. I agree. I think it's like a little bit like performative. Yeah, it's like we get it. This is yeah. your whole platform and yeah. how you make money. Yeah, yeah. It also, so the embroidered veil though, however, also makes me think of Courtney Kardashian and yeah, that's true. Like there's a whole different way instead of putting words on, we can just put the plus the BVM, the blessed virgin mother. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, is there anything else we want to say about Maddie Pruitt while we're here? Cause that was the end. Do you have things? Cause I feel like you might. I mean, <laughs> it was a lot. Like, here's the thing. She married a billionaire's son. Yeah. So, like, that's, like, you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I personally feel that there's a limit mm-hmm. to what is actually a value add. And you might actually just making it look, make, you might actually just be making it look, like. Gaudy? Gaudy. Yes. And I feel like this borderlines into that territory. Yeah. We get it. It was worth the wait, but you don't need to like, but, like buy every flower in because, Dallas. Because like they just got engaged, <laughs> like like they've oh, only engaged for like, like three months or something like that. And they if just that, were yeah. dating like six months before that. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. like maybe in the grand scheme of your life, which she still is only like twenty five or something, if that. Yeah, I think that's about how old she is. Yeah, you didn't. I mean, whatever. But I, I mean, I think. So they got, their reception was in this like greenhouse and it is gorgeous. But like Amanda was saying, you, it just was a little much in terms of the florals and all of it. I mean, bottom line, she's a knockout. Oh yeah. That's inarguable. And she looks great. Her dress is beautiful. The veil is beautiful. Minus the fact she needed to put worth the weight on it. Yeah. Um, But it's a lot. And I, I, I can't even imagine how many guests. I mean, it looks massive. Huge. Again, yeah. this is in Dallas, Texas, though. So, you know, everything's yeah. bigger in Texas. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I mean, I think I just... It's not super my taste or my style either. Right. I also, looking at her, their cake, and I don't know if this article... We have an article pulled up that we're looking... Um, I don't know if it, it doesn't say how many tiers it is. I could sit here and count, but I won't waste your time. But it makes me wonder how many tiers of this cake are fake. Because I, every I time I see a huge cake like this now, I, I think about Blair saying and her that. adorable couple. Yeah, yeah. And they had like an like yeah. 11 tier cake or something. And she's yeah. like, three of those were fake. Yeah. And just for like to support yeah. the cake and everything. So I, I'm like looking at this cake and thinking, yeah, how many tiers are real? Yeah. <laughs> but, I know. Agreed. Even with Naomi Biden's, her like seven tiers. I'm like, really? Yeah. But then those weddings could really honestly be that big too. Maddie yeah, but Pruitt's I don't or Naomi think. Biden's. I don't think Naomi Biden's was that big. I think it said like two fifty or something like that. And you don't need like an eleven tier cake to feed two hundred fifty people. I mean, like three or four tiers usually can handle it. So, um, okay. Well, that's our conversation on twenty twenty three wedding trends. 
Um, we have some advice from Lauren coming up next. Okay, so as always, we now have Lauren, our <laughs> expert advice giver, joining us. Uh, hey, Lauren, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Happy New Year. You too. <laughs> Feeling good about 2023. Here we go. <laughs> 2023 is the year for me. Ooh. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just thought of that. <laughs> and now we don't ha- like we now don't have to for another hundred years listen to Swifties say they're feeling 22. So Ain't that every time true. they turn 22. So <laughs> well, there's that. Okay. <laughs> um okay, so little content warning here we're going to talk about like some body image stuff um so if this is sensitive for you just be prepared but i think lauren um she knows what she's doing so she'll have some good (laughs) advice if you are comfortable sticking with us uh, for the next few minutes so Basically, we were thinking about the new year and what we'd want to talk with Lauren about. And of course, with the new year, um, there's always people making resolutions about diet and exercise and all kinds of body-related things. I am not one of those people, but you know, <laughs> if that's you, okay, maybe this conversation will for you. But also, um, not just in the new year, like a lot of times when people get engaged or they know that like their wedding is coming up, this becomes a part of the plan also. How do we, you know, quote, get, you know, on a diet or on a, on a plan to make sure we fit in our dress or whatever it might be. So we felt like for the wedding industry, this would be a, a relevant conversation as well as just for the new year. Um, and so part of what I was thinking about with this question was that I had a unique sort of situation when I was planning my wedding where, one, to be candid, I'm not the type of person who has the most, always the most healthy like body image relationship um, in my life. But then I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder, let's see, um, like 10 months before our wedding, I think it was. And I had just gone dress shopping like a month about before that diagnosis happened. And that meant that I had to go on a medication that often has a side effect of weight gain. In fact, like it's supposed to, like that's part of what it's supposed to do is slow down your metabolism and get you healthy. Um, But like I had this weird tension of having ordered a wedding dress (laughs) for a specific body and then not knowing what my body was going to be like once I started on this medication. And I like asked my doctor about advice to kind of keep my, you know, keep myself healthy so that this wouldn't be an issue. And he basically was like, I wouldn't have bought a wedding dress if I were you and entirely unhelpful. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I just like, I know how this can be so stressful for people, but at the end of the day, it's, it's not 
like your the your dress size isn't what matters and like what you're thinking about on the day of your wedding. So I guess Lauren, I just wanted to ask you, you know, how can people fill the gap between that timeline where you're kind of worried about you know, wanting to look good. And I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to look good and feel good, but you know, how to keep that from getting to an unhealthy place in your engagement season or in the new year or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so I have my three takeaways as per usual. And the first one is kind of relevant to like wedding dress shopping, but it's relevant to like all you know, just life in general, but all kind of situations, if you're kind of talking about how your dress looks or your body image or whatever, just like make sure you have the right supports for that situation. So you kind of want to avoid obviously toxic negativity, but kind of maybe also that toxic positivity. I think a lot of times if people have body image stuff, like everyone around them is just like, oh, you look great. You look great. Sometimes that, like, that doesn't help. Like just a constant, like, like talking about like how you look like it's like I appreciate it but I don't want to hear it right like I don't want to like even be thinking about it right so it's like if you're going wedding dress shopping and you feel like someone's just going to be constantly saying something that doesn't help like just don't bring them like it's not yeah they you don't have to go into a whole thing with everyone in your life where you're like well I have body image issues and like I don't know like it just could be like we're keeping it small I just didn't bring this one person like whatever you need to do if you need yeah. a, if you need alone time, if you need to shop by yourself, shop by yourself. Like if that's not going to help bring a ton of people, like think about when am I thinking about my body a lot and negatively? And when am I thinking about it? Not so much and positively and do whatever is going on in that time. Right. And also the people you bring with you, tell them what does and doesn't work for you. Right. Like if you're saying, Oh, I, I feel so like heavy or whatever. And someone's saying like, Oh, you look so skinny. That might not help. Right. Like we don't want to like, reinforce anything tell them that up front like don't just keep telling me oh you look great you look like just you know comment on my inner strengths right like it doesn't have to be like let's I mean obviously with wedding dress shopping there's some inherent stuff there but it could just be like that dress looks great on you it doesn't have to be a comment on your body specifically in that dress right yeah and also just as a side note if you're wedding dress shopping and the person that makes you feel the most confident stuff is the groom you could call him like you don't have to bring him so he doesn't see your dress or whatever. But like, if you're starting to feel down yourself, just call him and talk to him for a little bit. Like my point here is bring and talk to the people that are going to make you feel comfortable. Right. So kind of just look at the situations that are coming up, pick the right people for them. So that's number one, just to emphasize too, I'm not saying like you should bring people that will hype you up. Like you don't, I'm not saying like, Oh, bring people that be like horrible or something, but you know, you want the right kind of hyping up, not like, oh, your weight, your weight, your weight. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so yeah, number one, supports, always love some supports. Number two is, so it's kind of identify the negative and go positive. So everyone, ha- we have so many automatic thoughts. It's just literally wild. Like the things that just run through your mind every day, constantly in the back of your mind, like and you just start to not even notice them. So that's probably the biggest thing. Like when you get engaged, if you know you have body image issues, or if you're starting the new year, start to actually like be like, what am I saying to myself when I'm looking in the mirror? Like, 
Is it, oh, I could like be healthier if I lost a few, like whatever. Or is it like, I'm <laughs> ugly, I'm horrible. Like that's like not good. And we just say stuff to ourselves and we don't catch it, right? So we want to like start to notice what are the negative things I'm saying and then put those things on trial. So it's kind of like, what are the facts of this automatic thought that I'm having? Is it an opinion or is it a fact? Is it realistic? Like, where does it come from, right? You kind of like put the thought on the stand and like try to give some evidence. A lot of times it's going to be hard to find all the evidence that you think, right? It's just kind of like, oh, the evidence for I'm a horrible person because of the way I look is like, that's it. Like, that's your evidence for it, right? And then you kind of look, okay, where did that start? start? Why did that come into my mind? Kind of do that work, right? But the important thing is to kind of like when we're starting to notice these negative thoughts, find something positive that works for you to counter it, right? Like you're putting them on trial and stuff, but then day to day, you want to just have some kind of positive statement that you can react to, right? Because we're not just going to be able to in a day shut down an automatic thought we've had for our whole lives, right? You Mm -hmm. need evidence (laughs) against it too. So that's positive like mantras are different for everyone so I'm not going to like give because something that really hits for someone else someone's like that's stupid I hate that but um like focus (laughs) on what your body's like really capable of like and like you should kind of look reflect on like inner strengths like kind of think about like I'm powerful I'm strong like whatever it is and constantly hit (laughs) your negative thoughts of that because we think like, oh, if I say this positive mantra to myself three times and nothing changes, then it, it doesn't work. But we've been saying this negative thing to ourselves our whole lives. So like it's going to take a few more times to like get yeah. something different going. So just identify the negative and go positive. So that's number that's two. Okay. Support. <laughs> negative positive. <laughs> yeah. And I think there was one thing you said there about like, think about ways your body is strong or something like that. And I, I think for me, like I've never been a super thin person or anything like that. And so, but I think for me, I didn't really learn to just appreciate my body until I had kids and I watched my body change so much. And I just realized like, wow, like, and I know a lot of women will say this, like you go through this, this period of like, okay, my body literally created a person and then like pushed it out. And then if you choose to breastfeed or whatever, like, and my body is now feeding and nourishing that person. And so thinking of ways now, obviously your body, my body was strong before that. And for lots of reasons. Um, But if you can realize the ways that your body like works for you and appreciate those things about it, I think that is such a mentality shift. Um, And and yeah, I think that like that is just such a great thing to think of and, and a different way to frame your your body and what it, it's functional for. Right. Gotta love a reframe. <laughs> um, yeah, so then number three, kind of letting go of kind of comparisons and like preconceived notions of what we should look like you know, maybe in a wedding dress, maybe just every day, right? Letting go is probably the hardest thing, right? Because that's like acceptance, letting go of things we can't control. No one likes to do that, right? But that's so much of what we got to do with stuff like this, right? Um, We want to like be like, oh, this person, this magazine wore this wedding dress, it looked perfect. 
but it'll never look like that on me. Like, and you just kind of spiral, right? We have to kind of let that stuff go and get back into our own body, right? Like take those positive mantras, inner strength, start to look at like, what are the strengths of my body? And then like picking what looks and feels good for you, like not what you should do or what you should wear, right? Like if you like think that a certain wedding dress is going to fit you the best and everyone's saying like, no, don't get it. Just do what's going to make you comfortable, right? Like, or if you Mm -hmm. wanted to wear a certain kind of wedding dress your whole life and then, you know, something like the thyroid thing comes up or whatever it is, you might have to kind of say, okay, I'm going to rework like what I've thought of doesn't mean you have to let it go completely, but it just might be a little like adjustment, right? And then like comparisons to media is so skewed, like bodies are not perfect. Everyone airbrushes everything. Like don't try to look like anyone else online. Like there's, it's, I mean, I think I've said it before, like everyone's going to be better or worse. There's always going to be someone better or worse than you are, right? In everything. (laughs) But we have to compare to our own growth. That's that. Um, And then I think, you know, just kind of a specific piece of advice with this is like, with maybe like wedding dress shopping, I think have fun, make it a fun process. Like try on all types of dresses, like things that you think are the ugliest thing. Like you would never wear that in your life. Just make it a fun process by putting on like that stuff that like you would never pick. Then you'll see how good the stuff that you like does look right. It's like, if you just try on like the one thing that you've always thought of, you might be like, oh, I, this part of me looks weird in this part. But if you've tried on like 10 other dresses that like <laughs> look bizarre, you'll be like, okay, yeah. actually this does look nice, right? So mm-hmm. overall, it's just kind of like, however it works for you, whether it's like making it a fun process or like letting go of the comparisons, just kind of like putting aside what we've thought so far and like going forward in a new way, right? And that kind of combines like the positivity, like the positive mantras and stuff like that. Like, let's let go of the negative preconceived stuff and go forward in a positive way. So supports, negative, positive, preconceived notions, let them go. And that's a start. <laughs> Body image is a really tough issue and it's not going to get solved overnight. It's not going to get solved probably by the time you get married. And it's not mm-hmm. going to get, you know, if you do the work and stuff, you can make a lot of progress, but you know, these are just a few things to get you through some of the harder times as like a foundation. And then you can, keep building on that. Yeah, that's really good. Um, it's like, it's such a big issue, like you were saying, and there's so much, there's so much we could say. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, I feel like that's really good practical advice. And obviously if you're really, really struggling, like, um, you should get help and, and, you know, do whatever you need to do. And, um, that's, strong that's a strong choice like that's a brave choice um but you know if it's just something where you have kind of these like intrusive thoughts about your body and it's not you know you're not really uh maybe you know struggling at a different level then hopefully these types of tips can help you and like I don't know I like to round out kind of my story, I'm not, I'm not sure just to be honest that there is an ending. Like you said, like, it's not that like I got married and now I have great, you know, I got through that initial diagnosis and now I have this great perspective of my body. Um, like that's just, I don't know. I just want to say that because 
Right. <laughs> That's just like you can't expect to – I don't know. I don't know if mm-hmm. it's something that women in our country in this day and age ever aren't on some level thinking about and struggling with, but you also like, you know – you just have to put in some work, some effort and treat yourself kindly. And also yeah. for me, like I don't, I don't have a scale in my house. I got rid of one years ago. Like I, that's a personal choice. I don't know if that's helpful for everyone, but that's helpful for me. Um, so just figure out what works, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I think that's kind of a good like note to, to say like, you know, when it hits the new year and you're like, if I exercise 30 minutes a day, like I'm going to feel better about myself, you know, or if someone like loves me enough to marry me, then I won't ever think about my body image again. Like sometimes we put these things in our mind and then when, you know, it happens, we get engaged and it's like, oh, I'm still thinking about my body image. Like what, what's going on? Yeah. It has to come from within. Like the new year's resolution. So I'm not against that. Like set up stuff for yourself that works, like whatever it is, but it is going to take like more internal work than just like, Oh, I'm getting married or, Oh, like it's the new year. I did like actually 30 minutes a day. Like don't be surprised if it takes a lot of work, but like, it's definitely doable. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think that's so that again is like a very important point is that, because I think I personally have struggled a little bit with trying to find that healthy balance of like, I would like to change my body, but what are the like, quote unquote, okay reasons to want that, you know? Like I think the body positivity movement has done really great work in helping reframe how people think about their bodies. But I also think our generation is very much a product of watching, of like the the culture that we grew up in and the culture that we grew up in was this fad diet culture. Like, you know- Mm -hmm you can think of probably any ask any like millennial or older Gen Z girl to name five like fad diets. And they probably could easily. Um, They probably know a woman in their life, their mom or someone else, maybe even a male in their life that has been on maybe all five of them at some point. And so I think growing up with that kind of culture and thinking like you should always not maybe you should, but you like, it's just a part of life to always be dieting in some way. And so as I've gotten older and tried to kind of disconnect from that and think about like, what are the reasons that I do want to exercise or I do feel that motivation yeah, right. to be better. <clears throat> and it's like finding those internal motivations that might be things like I want to feel stronger or I want my body to move better for my family or, you know, Mm. I want to be able to do X, Y, and Z and feel more comfortable doing those things. Like maybe it's playing a sport or doing some sort of activity. Um, But looking for those more intrinsic motivations that aren't about just the way you look um, and maybe are just more about how your body actually feels um, when you're doing things or just in general. Yeah, And so I think right. kind of thinking, again, it's a reframe, but um, thinking about that motivation, because it's not a bad thing. Like, I think that's kind of, right. for me, the piece that has been missing from that conversation. Like, I go on Instagram, and I see all of these, you know, influencers or whatever who are saying, like, love your body. And I appreciate that. Hands down, it's a great message. But then I also end up on my on my own, like, on on my own feeling some sort of shame for 
wanting to <laughs> improve my body. And, and I guess even improve isn't even the right word, but wanting to change my body in a, in a certain way. And I, you know, I follow this one girl who is really positive and she was like, you know, a very, her part of her message was very like body positivity. And she's been on this like journey this past year and just certain things. I think like she hasn't gone into specifics about has she done anything intentional about her eating, but she did things like cut out alcohol and things like that. And people have noticed in her pictures, like, Hey, you've lost weight. And so she, she did this whole post and she's like, this feels really weird because you know, I'm all about loving your body at whatever size it is. Right. And, you know, some people have like lashed out at her at being like, well, you aren't body positive anymore because now you've lost this weight. And she's like, it, that's not about the number on the scale or the number on your dress. Right. <laughs> like it's about yeah. how you feel in your body. And so I think finding that healthy balance of like, it's okay to want to change your body, but you need to do it, be doing it for the right reasons and not, you know, just because you think society expects you to look a certain way. Precisely. Um, if you are someone who doesn't struggle a lot in this area, one thing you can take from this conversation is like, do just don't talk about bodies because no. you around other people no. because you don't know what that person is experiencing. And there's certain like relatives and people in my life, like you said, who, you know, different generations and, and people who grew up in different ways that it's constant conversation about. Um, not about my body, but just about everyone's body. Oh, you lost weight. Oh, you, uh, that person, you know, did you see they lost weight? Oh, they're doing this diet or they tried that. Mm -hmm. And I recent, like just very recently had a conversation with my husband and I was like, I, I'm going to have to like exit those conversations because I know like part that I would say the one thing about, you know, my journey is where I'm at is like knowing the boundaries that I have and yeah. mm -hmm. sticking to them. And I'm like, I, mm -hmm. I can't be in those rooms for those conversations anymore. It's just not what I'm doing. Like I'm not yeah. going to let myself get obsessed because then when I'm around those people, I'm like, Oh, well they're always thinking about everyone's body. So they're probably thinking about the five pounds I gained over Christmas yeah. when they're seeing me. And like, it's so just don't, even if it's not dress shopping, just in general, there's no need to be yeah. commenting even if you're talking to, you know, your friend and you're talking about the other friend who's not there who gained weight or lost weight or whatever it mm -hmm. is, like don't do it because you don't you don't right. know what the person you're talking to is interpreting from mm -hmm. that conversation even if it's not what you're saying. And like Betsy, like you were saying about someone who, you know, has lost weight or whatever, I also want to say on the flip like on the other side like um a part of my prior to my diagnosis, my illness was like, um, like a metabolism issue. And so I was skinnier than I'd ever been. But then later on, <laughs> once I was trying to get healthy, get them on the medicine, people having previously commented on how thin I was, you know, it made me have a harder time getting the help that I needed Mm -hmm. physically because people had commented on my thinness previously. Mm -hmm. So you don't right. need to comment on anyone's thinness or, mm -hmm. or anything mm -hmm. else or anyone else around them. Like right. don't talk about bodies and. Right. Yeah. I feel like it's so important. Like don't comment on people's weight period. Even mm -hmm. if you think you're complimenting them, it's 
you don't know what the background is. If you're saying to someone you're so skinny and they're like starving themselves, that's mm-hmm. not good. That's reinforcing a negative behavior. Just don't, co- just that's it. Don't comment on it. And also mm-hmm. side note, if you want to be in a helping profession and you're going to tell people they shouldn't have bought their wedding dress yet, when you're diagnosing them with something, don't <laughs> do that. <laughs> don't enter it. Take it over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a random side note, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all right. Middle-aged male doctors don't trust young female patients and their own opinions on their own bodies, but that's a whole other conversation. We're getting into it now. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. No, but Lauren, that that was great. Really Mm -hmm. great advice, as Mm -hmm. always. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I hope it helps (laughs) someone out there. All right. Well, thanks so much for Lauren, for her always sage and wonderful advice. Um, so to round out our conversation today, Amanda, what are you planning this month? Yeah. So this month I mentioned it last month, but I'm still like putting the final touches on planning our anniversary trip to Hawaii. And, um, I think the big thing is planning the actual travel because it is, a monster Mm. like flight um and so it's like and and with the time differences it's it's really hard to find a way to getting there is a little bit easier than getting back because um on the way there you you can pretty much like fly to the west coast Mm -hmm. sleep overnight Mm -hmm. and then fly there yeah. And that works out time-wise and you get there like you know, during the day there. Yeah. But on the way back, most of their flights leave in the evening and you're 6 hours behind. Mm-hmm. So when you land and you it's basically always a red eye essentially, but it's not really overnight Hawaii time. But when you land, it's basically early morning. Oh, morning. Um like I'm flying, we're flying into Dallas on the way back. Okay. And then to, so getting, when we, by the time we get into Dallas, it's going to be early morning Dallas time. And then we have a layover, but it's like, how do you sleep? Mm -hmm. Because the hotel times don't really play out. So I'll update you guys next chat on how that works out. But that's what I'm currently working on. That is fun. I, to say that I, well, I'm not envious of that part of it, like the travel aspect, especially (laughs) now that I have children, like the past, really actually all three times that we've been to Disney now with kids, the first day and the first time I was like, oh my gosh, horrified by it. But now I expect it. (laughs) The first day of that trip, I'm like, I would like to get on a plane and turn around and go right back home. And then like a good night's sleep. And the next day I'm like, okay, cool. I'm excited to be here. I'm good. I never used to feel like that before I had kids. Now it's just like the whole rigmarole yeah. of getting everybody there and through yeah. the flight and the stress of that, but whatever. But actually being somewhere tropical right now. Yeah. Sounds a wonderful. Yeah. So ha- could I bewitch myself to w- like wiggle my nose and poof to Hawaii with you? I would do it in a heartbeat. Um, are you, like, is this volcano situation impacting your travel at all? No, it, sh- it shouldn't. Yeah, it's a different island okay. where we're going. So, yeah. That's good. Um, okay, so I am 
on trend with <laughs> the past three months. Um, my planning for this month is continues to be the house and just kind of still getting things settled. Um, we are, it's so hard <laughs> like to work full time and have two small children. And so really the only time we can do things around this house are once they go to bed at night. And, but by that time I'm like ready to fall onto my couch and fall asleep. I'm wrapping up a, a grad class right now. And so just like that, the holidays, yeah. all of it has just been a lot, but, um, just trying to get things really put away. And I mean, it's already a million times better than our old house because things do have a place to go. Um, we just have more square footage here, but we're just trying to kind of get everything organized in the basement and out of the garage and get our guest room like squared away and everything. So that we can really settle in and not feel like there's still things to be done. I'm sure yeah. there always will be things to be done, yeah. but at least no, we, no boxes in sight is yeah. the goal. Yeah. yeah. That's a good winter goal because the, this is always like a busy time. Yeah. And then once, once it's like the holidays are over, you'll probably get a lot more done. Yeah. The decor is put away and it's time to just really, yeah. Instead of having to do a deep clean this year, it's like a deep organize, yeah. <laughs> which I'm okay with. Um, okay. Well, thanks everyone for being with us this month and happy new year. So yeah. we will do, 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 do transition into yeah. that here.